I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Chasing Justice. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. So as a group, as a nation, as a as a place where we all have things in common, we are moving forward one way or another. So there's a couple things that have been on my mind that I've been not putting off, but trying to crystallize how I feel. And the, the Biden administration is one of them. Now we've seen court decisions Supreme Court decisions come down in the last few weeks that have been, I wouldn't say monumental, but they are certainly game changers. And and if not game changers, then they are clearly a different direction for our country. So when we look at the fact that you can't use race for college admissions, that is, that is a different direction. Now, there's a lot of concern that people won't be able to get into college because they don't have a program that allows extra help to get in, so to speak. Do people actually need that? I have met students, I went through college myself just recently, I just finished another degree, and my daughter just graduated, my son is currently in college, my other two boys went to school, and I met people from every race, creed, national origin, religion, everything that were in college. Brilliant young men and women who earned their place in school. And they were taking advantage of extra education. Now, the case can be made, I guess, either way. That it is a, uh, it's a bonus for certain groups to get extra positions in college and other people might not. Really, it came down to the fact that Asian Americans seem to be very highly placed in college. They do very well on entrance exams and SATs and all that. And that's, okay, well, that's how that works out. You know, we, we can't can't change the rules because one group does better or worse than another group. It's It should all be based on merit. Everything should be based on merit. And if I'm not good enough to get in, then I don't get in. I go to a different school. So that, that's been a game changer. And of course, people are going to make it into something that it's not. They're going to turn it around. You know, the idiots on The View, uh, I guess women won't be able to go to school no more. Ridiculous. Uh, actually, uh, 60% of college graduates now are female, are women. Uh, so there's only 40% in there. So should there should be affirmative action now for men so that we make sure it's 50-50? You know, uh, these things, these ideas, I think, had a good place. They came from a good place to make, to make the playing field more fair at a time when it really wasn't. There was a lot of uh, problems, you know, not to get into them, go on and on and on about it, but there were problems. People were disfavored for inappropriate reasons, and we're trying to figure a way to stop that. And one of the things that we have to do sometimes is, as a society, we have to say, listen, uh, it would be better for everyone if we all did the right thing. Right? Just pick somebody based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But unfortunately, there's always going to be people that are going to use race against somebody. And this is across the board. This is not just one particular group. This is across the board. People have a tendency to be uh, territorial like that. 
So maybe there's a time we have to say as a society, if people are not going to voluntarily do the right thing, then we have to make a law to, to make it more fair. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm spitballing here. I'm trying to figure out how to rationalize why we would do some of the things we do. Now, we make laws against things we don't want people to do on a regular basis, don't we? We don't want people to shoot people, so we say, you can't murder. It's a law. Can't do it. Some people might want to do it, but you can't do it, right? So that court case um, is going to change the way colleges look at people. Now they're going, to, they're going to find other ways around it because I think that's built into the liberal mindset that you have to have uh, those kind of special uh, set-asides for different groups uh, just because you have to. You know, you, it, it, it's, I don't know, it's something that... I don't quite get it. I think everyone should rise or fall on their merits. And if you say, well, people have a disadvantage because they don't have good schooling in the early years, well, then we have to change how people get good schooling. Everybody should get a good education in this country. It's, it's America. We should all get a good education. But that means you go to school. You pay attention. Uh, the teachers have to do the right things. We have to probably stop uh, everything except reading, writing, and arithmetic in our school. Everything else should be left to families to decide what to talk about. Uh, we should make sure nobody gets bullied in school, no matter who they are or what they're about. It should be a safe environment for everybody, plain and simple. But other than that, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Let's get people educated. Make them smarter people so they have a better chance at life and I can make our country better. So that was one of the decisions uh, that I thought was game-changing. Now, there's one now. It's not actually a, a Supreme Court decision, um, but it just came out. A, a federal judge in Louisiana um, just issued a an injunction against the uh, Biden administration saying that basically they can no longer contact social media platforms and determine what is fake news and what is real news and what is lies and this and that because they are then blocking free speech. Now, when you think about that, that is an amazing thing to say that a that the president of the United States, of all people, of all people, that the president of the United States and his administration is blocking free speech, preventing free speech. This is one of the fundamental rights as Americans we have is the right to free speech. And to think that a president would be blocking that is so antithetical to the idea of what the American president should do. Because when I think of American president, I think of George Washington. I think of Ronald Reagan, right? I think of Abraham Lincoln. And these men who came out and, you know, upheld our rights in every possible way because this is what separates us from every other nation, that we, the people, are in charge of things, not the government. But under a, under a left-wing or a liberal government, we see that they, they have a tendency to, to creep up on our rights and start to take them away. We saw this during COVID, right? Uh, they, you, can't, you can't get certain medications because they've declared them no. You can't have these medications, even though doctors wanted to prescribe them. They gave a, a political tilt to this and said, no, you can't prescribe them. Uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which were shown in many, many, many studies, was very effective against the COVID uh, uh, virus. But you weren't allowed to prescribe it. You couldn't talk about it. You went in and said no. Um, 
only certain places you were allowed to get it, like the state of Florida. If you had a doctor there, you could get it. And I had COVID twice, and so did my wife. And we took ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine that was prescribed by our doctor. And we got over it in two days. I know other people who were not quite so lucky who had COVID and they didn't get those medications and they died. Now, I don't want to re-litigate the entire COVID thing, but the reality was government came in and censored what could be said, what couldn't be said in, co- in cahoots with the social media platforms, which are mostly liberal run organizations and they promote a liberal agenda. And they said, yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're all on board that any study that shows that those medicines worked or were effective, uh, we're going to ban. We're going to ban talk about it. We're going to ban tweeting. You can't tweet about it. And we look at this and we see how this continues through the Biden administration. Uh, to this very day, uh, there's places you cannot get hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin if you got COVID. Now, COVID has pretty much uh, subsided. Uh, people are still getting it. And, you know, there could be new strains and it could, it could flare back up again. It is a military weapon. Uh, we forget that, you know, it's, it wasn't just a virus that came out of a bat population in China. It's a military weapon that got loose. Uh, so who knows what it could do in, in the long term. But the reality is the government was part of censoring what could be talked about, what could be said, what could be done, what could be prescribed. This is a dangerous, dangerous situation. So this judge in Louisiana, a federal judge, came out and uh, set up an injunction against the Biden administration saying that they cannot go to social media platforms to discuss what can and can't be released. That is suppressing free speech. And that is what is shocking, to see a president would be involved in such a... You would think that your president would be, no matter which party the president was from, they would be your champion of, uh, of America's rights, not going around trying to shut them down. So, so we see our, our liberal governments coming out trying to attack your Second Amendment rights. They attack your First Amendment rights. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's a non-stop assault. You know, what did Barack Obama say when he was president? The Constitution is a list of negative rights telling you things that the government can't do to you. When we actually need uh, a new Constitution of things that the government can do for you, Well, we don't want government doing things for us. We want government out of the way. Government should be a, the least that they do, the better. There are certain things that we do need as a a unified country. We need to have a representative, of course, a president, and we need to have a legislature so that we can have our laws made appropriately. Uh, We need to have a military that can protect us. Uh, But other than that, uh, you could start to limit what we need government to do. You know, get out of the way. States' rights. Woohoo, states' rights, right? That's what it should be all about. If your community believes in one thing and you should be able to do it there and another community doesn't believe in it, then they don't do it. You can't force people into doing things. Which goes to another one of the Supreme Court decisions that we saw just come up. And again, very controversial because people are conflating it with other issues. So the court basically came out and said that you cannot force a person who creates things to create things against their belief system. Now, I, they're very controversial because you know people are saying, "Oh, this is a this is going to pull back the rights of the LGBTQ community and other communities," because uh, just like the cake guy who wouldn't make a cake for a gay couple, the court has said you can't force 
uh, this website maker. This was a woman website maker. Um, and somebody came in and they wanted a website uh, that dealt with LGBTQ um, issues. And the website maker said, no, I, I, that's against my religious beliefs. I'm not going to make that website. And of course, there was a big lawsuit and works its way to the court. And, and people were saying, well, you can't deny service to someone. And I agree. You can't deny service to someone, but at the same time, you can't make somebody do something that's against their their belief system, that's against their religious beliefs. So I'm sure people could have a website, but they just, you cannot force the person who creates them to create things against their belief system, is all they were saying, is what the court said. So nobody said nobody couldn't have a website and nobody said they couldn't have a website that's exactly the one they wanted. But you can't make this person create that website, right? If somebody doesn't want to do it for a religious reason, you can't make them do it. You can't make them make a cake that is against their religious beliefs. You can go to someone else who'll make it for you. I'm sure there's lots of people that will make websites and cakes for everything that everybody in the world wants. Uh, you just can't make individual people do it. And that is part of what I see as a government push to force people to do things you know you you don't want to um make a website for lieutenant joe but you have to uh you have to do it well then you know that's that's just not right what if you were to go to one of these groups say if there was um a group an lgbtq member who created websites and you went in there and said i want to create an anti-lgbtq website and i want you to make it for me they would say no, of course not. That's against my belief system. I'm not going to do that. No, you have to do it. That would be just as wrong as doing it the other way around. It's not about people being part of the LGBTQ community. They should be do whatever they want to do. Live their life however they want to live their life. Everybody should leave them alone. But you can't force other people to do things that they don't want to do, that they're against. So the court came out and said that. So what they're doing is now well, people who are, are trying to use that as an attack uh, because they want to control what people do, right? And they're coming out and saying, well, oh, now, now you can deny service. You don't have to let anyone sit in your restaurant if you don't. And that's not true. Nobody is saying anything like that. What the court said is in a creative position, a writer, a singer, a cake maker, a website builder, somebody who's creating something from their person, comes from them, um, you can't force them to do something that they don't want to do. Because at some point, the government can say, now you're going to make a website for the glorious leader. You will make this uh, website for the glorious leader and how great government is. And people would be opposed to that. They might not want to do that because they don't believe it's the glorious leader. You know what I'm saying? It's not, a, it's not an attack on anyone. It is preserving people's rights. And that's everyone. That's every single one of us, right? So we see these things taking place out there. Now, another thing when it comes to the Biden administration, I, I, I've, I've voiced my opinion before that I, I, I thought Barack Obama was probably a, a good guy and a decent man as a person. He looks like a good father and husband. Seems that way to me. But his policies, I didn't like. I didn't like his policies. Well, that's how I judge people. on. I don't judge people on who they are or what they do, who they love. I don't care about any of that stuff. When they're in a position of power... I look at how they wield their power. What did they do with that power? Did they do something that's for the good? Or are they using that power inappropriately? Well, when we see the Biden administration pushing all of these policies that basically the country's 
the country's 50-50. And, you know, when you're in power, you get to do a little bit more than you would have been able to do otherwise. Look at the, the Republican Congress. They take over and they're doing all these investigations uh, into legitimate things that the Democrats wouldn't do because it would affect them negatively. So they wouldn't do it. That's not fair to any of us, no matter where we are as citizens. If there was corruption, if there was illegal activities, if there was something improper done, it should be investigated and brought out, no matter who did it, Republican or Democrat. I agree with that 100%. We, the people, deserve to know the truth. And if we did that, maybe that would hold these politicians, uh, hold their feet to the fire so that they wouldn't engage in such things. And they would just do what they were sent there to do, right? Look out for our rights uh, and help run the country so it runs appropriately. And then leave us all the hell alone so we can go about our business, whatever our business happens to be, and no matter who we happen to be. Pretty. That's pretty... Uh, uh, down the road kind of a position, I would think, right? Leave everybody alone. Doesn't matter what people want to do in their lives, and also, unless it's hurting, physically hurting someone else, leave some, leave everybody alone. Let them do what they want to do. Uh, but we, we don't have that. We have this battle now where we're going to tell each other what to do, and that's what I think is a problem. Now, how do you gauge? And the reason I, I said, you know, Obama seemed like a decent enough person, but as a as a politician, I didn't like his policies. The reason I mention that is because. There was things about Joe Biden that always seemed slimy to me. He always seemed like the the consummate slimy politician that would do and say whatever he had to say in front of whatever groups. And they all do that. I mean, that's what most politicians do. They're trying to win favor and win votes. So they say, and they, they change like chameleons. But this guy, this guy was like a slimy chameleon. He always knew that he was up to no good. He always knew that, you know, he had, he had these wacky thoughts. You look at his history. And here he is um, speaking at uh, Senator Byrd's, uh, he does Senator Byrd's eulogy. Well, Senator Byrd was, was, the, was the leader of the Ku Klux Klan, the, a horrible racist group. But at the time, he was considered not a bad man, so Biden did that. Well, how come that's not held against Biden, that he had those kind of beliefs? The things he has said over the years, the comments he's made about different minority groups, even though he says them kind of backwards and, and goofy, they're still offensive. He, he, these things he shouldn't be saying, but how come How come he's never held to the fire, right, uh, to see what's going on? Well, I always kind of let that slide and figured, well, it is what it is. That's how, how we deal with our politicians. But I have to tell you, the, the most illuminative thing that I think has come up with President Biden and this whole entire Biden crime family and all of this comes down to a little baby comes down to a little baby his his granddaughter right this baby that he will not acknowledge now everybody knows that his son hunter biden had this baby with this woman uh i don't know where she's from dallas or texas or whatever uh she and and they they always uh they attack the mother by saying former stripper former stripper you know uh, all right, enough already with that. The only reason you keep saying that is because you want to attack the woman and make her look bad uh, in the face of, of what's going on here. Whatever the woman did, okay, she's an exotic dancer, she's a stripper, whatever she did, she she did to, to make money or whatever her lifestyle demanded. Who who are we to determine, uh, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent? That's between her and her God. But they attack her by saying, former stripper, former stripper, that's what they say about her. But here's this little baby that uh, 
Hunter Biden now acknowledges is his baby. He had a baby with this woman. But President Biden will not acknowledge this child. Matter of fact, there was uh, it was reports that there were meetings and briefings among White House staff that they are only to acknowledge six of his grandchildren, not the seventh, not this little baby that his son had uh, with him because of an affair with this woman. And I find that to be so revealing of his personality. Here's a guy who's going to bring everyone together. Everyone is value. Everything is great and this and that, but not not that baby. He won't acknowledge that baby. How can you how can you not acknowledge your offspring? Right? Even if it's done improperly, even if it's done through an affair, even if it's done at a, a, a one-night stand, there ends up being a child, a living human being that is related to you. And you don't acknowledge that child? To me, I find that to be reprehensible. I find it to be disgusting. I find it to be very revelatory of his personality and that whole clan. I mean, here's this little four-year-old girl. She reported to be a four-year-old girl. At four years old, I'm sure her mother told her who her father is and told her who her grandfather is. Your grandfather's the president of the United States. See that picture? Who's that man? That's the president. But he won't acknowledge her. Doesn't send her a birthday card. Won't, won't put up a Christmas stocking in the White House for this, this little baby. So here's this guy who pretends to be a Christian, pretends to be a Catholic when it suits him. Right? And I say to myself, what would Jesus do? Right? What would Jesus? Would Jesus ignore that child? Or would Jesus love that child? It is his granddaughter, whether he acknowledges her or not. So therefore he is purposely ignoring this little child as though she doesn't exist, as though she has no value. Now, why would he do that? Would it be embarrassing? to acknowledge the child. Everybody knows about the child. Wouldn't the human decent thing to do be to say, listen, I don't know what happened between my son and this woman. I don't know what their relationship was, but it resulted in the birth of a beautiful little baby girl, my granddaughter, and I would embrace that. But he won't. Why won't he do it? So I, I'm trying to ask, why won't he not embrace that little girl? Well, are they afraid that at some point that little girl could say, hey, uh, I have some, some right to inheritance. I have some right to the family money. I have some right to this, that, and the other thing. Seems pretty cold. Pretty cold to, uh, to treat a child like that because of money that's involved. So I hope that that's not it. But I can't think of a good reason why you would not acknowledge that little child. And I think that is the paints the clearest picture of who this man really is. Now, we know that he's out for himself. We know that he's out for, for, for his family. Anyone who can look at the situation going on with the corruption that's obvious and in everyone's face of what's going on here with, with this uh, whole crime family and not recognize that these are the telltale signs of corruption run amok is kidding themselves or they're stupid, right? They're trying to cover it up or they're kidding themselves or they're pretending for political reasons that this isn't happening. This is the one of the biggest scandals, I think, that has come about uh, in our country, our president being this deeply involved in corruption and payoffs and selling, selling his office um, 
for money that we've ever seen. Now, I'm going to guess there's probably been, been equally ones equally as large, equally as bad that have happened that we just didn't ever find out about. Because I think that's a tendency to be part of politics on both sides of the aisle. I think you see uh, these men and women come in there. They make 200000 a year. They're in there for 10 years. Okay, maybe they made $2 million over 10 years with their salary. And they have beautiful beach houses. They got boats. They got private planes. They got all kinds of uh, mountain retreat homes. You know, how do you get that on 200000 uh, I can't seem to figure it out, uh, and it doesn't seem to uh, work that way for me, uh, but all of these politicians end up millionaires uh, at the end of their careers with uh, unbelievable lifestyles, which is one of the reasons they don't want to give it up, right? So anyway, to get back to it, when I when I started to hear about this, you know, uh, this Hunter Biden guy didn't want to uh, pay 20000 a month to the baby. He wanted to pay less. You say, all right, well, you know, 20000 that's a lot of money. That's 250000 a year. Well, you know, I've raised my children without 250000 a year for each child. But the reality is it's based on how much money the parents are making. That's, you know, you, you base a percentage of that goes to the child. That would, if they were living in your house, they'd be welcome to that money, right? They'd be using it for their lifestyle, their house, their clothing, all that stuff. So I kind of get that idea that that's, you know, Hunter Biden makes $80,000 a month for doing nothing for a, a Ukrainian gas company. So I guess he can afford 20000 of that eighty uh, to go to his child. Uh, that's not for me. That's for the court to decide. But that would seem okay because we know he also has millions of dollars coming in from the Chinese government, from uh, the other, other Ukraine companies, other governments around the world are funneling millions and millions of dollars to the Bidens for their fantastic business dealings. Although we have no idea what those business dealings are. They don't make anything. They don't sell anything. They just simply have like 25 different companies and money is funneled in and then money is funneled out all over the place. It is clearly a problem. It is clearly uh, a, a RICO scheme, right? But how come nobody is actually doing anything about it. Where's the Republicans doing? How come that we don't have 50 committees every single day? Start 50 new committees to look into this. And where is the integrity of anyone on the left who can see this and say, oh, it's just a family business. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. What is the family business? Let's define it. What is? What do they sell? What do they make? What do they do? Let's see some of the work. Let's see some of the work that Hunter Biden has done for the Ukrainian gas company. Well, because they were probably buying influence with Joe Biden when he was vice president, and they're funneling money to him now that he's president, and that's why he keeps sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, I would think, because if not, they may say something. They may reveal things. Why does he not go against the Chinese government, which is clearly attempting to take over uh, the United States' position as leader of the world, to displace us, to... Uh, take what is ours, so to speak. Why doesn't he go after them? Why doesn't he go against them? Well, they've been sending him millions of dollars as well. It's all right in front of our face if we open our eyes and look at it. But again, it shows the corruption of what's going on. The place we are in the world today is is really very very disgusting, right? And all of this comes down to what we see right in front of us. So I, I don't want to be depressed here. I just want to talk about this because we need we need to say it. We need to, because if not, what are we going to do about it? Nothing. 
And if we do nothing, what's it going to do? Get better or get worse? Well, the reality is clear. It's only going to get worse. We'll be back in a minute. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. America Outloud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. So, everybody's uh, changing seasons. We're we're moving forward. We're trying to look for things to do. We want to have fun. You got to stay healthy to have fun, right? If you're not, if everybody knows, you know, they there's an old saying when I was a kid: if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And that's absolutely true. Think about it. you know how many people you know that. Um, they have injuries where they can't function. How many people, you know, they have, uh, they're on all kind, 35 different kind of pills just to stay healthy. So one of the things that I've done is I decided I wanted to increase my immune system's ability to help me fight things off naturally. So I take Healthy Cell, all right, the Healthy Cell products. I take the Immune Boost, and you know about it. I've been telling you about it for a long time. It really has made a difference in my life, and I think it's something you should consider. Uh, it's sold here on the network. Uh, give it a try. I find that it works for me, and I continue to take it. I like the taste of it. I think it's fun. It's like a raspberry or something. You can put it in water on ice cream. Uh, I drink it straight out of the little packet because I j it's like a gel. It tastes, uh, tastes pretty good. But what I find is the effects of the Healthy Cell product uh, has really helped me to stay healthy longer and longer and longer. I mean, I haven't had the same problems I had years go by, and uh, it's helped me to keep my health so I can enjoy my life. So uh, the immune boost is what I use, but they also make REM sleep and they have a focus factor to help you think more clearly. So that is the Healthy Cell products. And uh, I think they're really good. You know, So check it out if you're thinking about staying healthy as we move through the seasons of our life. So one of the things I'm noticing here is all of this, this constant... Um, back and forth we have uh, about uh, between the people in our country trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong and because we're all on so many different pages now that's the danger of going forward that we may not be able to maintain 
this country as we've always known it because there are so many people number one who want to change it totally upend it destroy it in many cases and then bring it back into something else and socialism is the tool that they want to use to change things well socialism is not going to work it never does uh, it never has. You can see it in, you know, all people. Well, what about over in, uh, no, not over in anywhere. They have all their own problems, all these other places. Uh, the only thing that really works is capitalism and decency. Now, some of the things that we're trying to attack is capitalism, we're trying to get rid of it, and decency. Now, what do I mean by decency? Well, the fact that we see less and less people attending religious services, more and more people attacking anything to do with religion, especially Christianity, uh, we start to see an, an increase, a counterbalance to that in crime, in depravity, in the sickness of our nation. It's, it's very, very clear that you can see. Now, did we have things we needed to change? Yes, there's things we needed to change in how our country interacted uh, with its people, how, how all of us interacted with each other. Yes, we have to grow, we have to learn, we have to be more tolerant of each other. But that goes both ways. You know, tolerance is not just I'm tolerant of you. That means you're tolerant of me as well. Right? And we, that's, that's one of the things that are missing right now. We have uh, tolerance... Uh, but it's a one-way street, uh, and that, that causes increased tensions, and that's changing. Uh, that's changing how people see all the progress that has been made. And I, I kind of felt this. Um, I kind of felt I, I knew this without understanding what was exactly happening, but I saw an article uh, not too long ago where they said they're doing a poll, and people are saying, hey, listen, you know, uh, for the last 25 years, uh, I have really tried to go out of my way to be more tolerant, to really see things differently, to treat people differently that maybe I didn't treat properly in the past, that maybe mm. I could make things a little bit better. And But now, the way things are being, uh, the way I'm being attacked, the way my religion's being attacked, the way my uh, race is being attacked, maybe I was stupid for doing that. And that was the basis of this article, is that people are, there, there's, it's because it's not a two-way street. There's not a two-way street of tolerance. It's, you're told you have to tolerate these groups of people and not only tolerate them, and this is where I think it changed, and this is what people are feeling. It's not just going, okay, I can accept something different than what I believe is correct. I can accept no matter what it is. What I can't accept is now I'm being told, not only will you accept it, you will embrace it. And you will you will uh, you will make get, make make it be uh, the greatest thing in the world. You will uh, put down your own thoughts and beliefs as wrong, and you will say these thoughts and beliefs are really the correct ones. And that's what's giving people pause to go. Hey, wait a minute! I've been trying really hard to uh, to be a better person, to see the world differently, to understand other people, to in essence be more tolerant. And now. Other people are not tolerant of me, and that's really making it difficult. And I said, I kind of felt that in the background, listening to people's comments, that that's kind of what was happening. Hey, listen, I, I'm trying to do the right thing, and, you know, I'm trying to see things differently. And now all of a sudden, I'm the bad guy, I'm the bad girl, I'm, I'm the cause of the problem. You know, so I think that is something that all of us have to really look inward. If we're going to solve any of these big, big problems we have, and what we see the result of that. One of the things you can see as a clear result of that is that we are pitting 
these groups against each other. Now, why would, why would that be the goal of anyone, to pit groups of Americans against each other? Well, what they don't tell you is that it goes right back to a basic understanding of how to turn a society from a free society into a socialist society. You, you split everybody up amongst their different groups. You, you fracture the lines of, of cohesion so that you got all different groups going against each other. And then, of course, the government has to step in and then fix it. And then you have to give the government more and more power over, well, your rights. You have rights, but boy, they do they do offend other people. So therefore, we're going to limit certain rights. We're going to limit certain expressions. Isn't that going on every day? Right? Are you not allowed to say certain things? There's no law that says you can't say certain things. But there are unwritten rules that if you say certain things, uh, and they don't have to be the ugly things that we, we all don't want to say, but... It could be anything that you say that is considered out of favor, not tolerant, not correct, um, not politically correct, and you will be attacked for that, right? So you, you see people losing their livelihoods. You see them losing their uh, their positions uh, in, in whatever they're doing. You see them losing value to their lives because they have a, a point of view. And it's going even further. And I see this more and more in Europe. Um than here, but you know it's coming. If it's happening there, it's happening here. And that is the thought police. You know, what you, your thoughts were bad. Even though you didn't express them outwardly, uh, we, can, uh, we can assume what your thoughts were based on the beliefs you have of certain groups. When you go to church, so we know that as a churchgoer, uh, you have certain beliefs and thoughts about things, and those thoughts are wrong in our modern era, right? It reminds me of this woman who was standing outside of a, an abortion clinic in England, and she was out there just watching, and the police officer came up to her and said, uh, you know, you, you can't be out here uh, protesting. She says, I'm not protesting, I'm just saying a prayer. And she was arrested because she was praying in front of an abortion clinic, and that is considered a protest. Her thoughts were bad. Even though she wasn't praying out loud, she was praying in her head, standing across from this clinic, and she was arrested. Now, they have different rules in Europe than, than here in America. Uh, we still have a, a pretend that our rights are protected here completely, but we know they're not. We know they're not. Um, we know that recently there was a guy standing in front of a, of a parade of people he didn't care for, uh, which, you know, first of all, this idiot shouldn't have been out there because, uh, you know, you leave people alone. That's that's my thing. Leave them alone. They want to have a parade. Leave them alone. But he was out there protesting them. And an officer came by and said, oh, you can't stand here and, and leave them alone is what the officer was saying to them. And the guy said, I have every right to be here. And he does have every right to stand there on the corner and protest. And he was saying Bible, uh, Bible readings. He was calling them out, holding them up. Uh, and the officer said, you better knock it off. And the guy says, I don't want to knock it off. I don't have to knock it off. I'm not doing anything. I'm allowed to stand on this corner and protest, just like everyone else is allowed to stand and protest. And there was video of this. And you know, he's, the guy wasn't really, he wasn't violent in any way. He was just standing there and he would shout out a Bible verse and he would hold up a Bible verse. And the cop says, listen, I want you to move. And he wouldn't move. The guy held up and said, you can't make me move. Uh, I'm allowed to stand here. And the cop said, that's it. And he handcuffed the guy and arrested him. Now, 
I think that guy has a big lawsuit because there's no reason to arrest him. How many times do we go to protests when people are smashing windows, burning buildings, attacking cop cars, and no one gets arrested? No one's held to account. Uh, they can protest all they want. They can attack people, physically attack people that they don't agree with, hit them with bottles and rocks and everything else, and no one's held to account for any of that. If anyone is arrested, the charges are dropped later on. So you see how this, this, this is a slope that we start to go down. And that's what's going on. Pitting groups, one group against the, each other, is one way that socialism starts to work its way into our lives. And we see that in every aspect of our lives now. Right? And that's what's happening with the whole tolerance thing. It's used as a wedge between all of us. And people should just be kind to each other. Leave people alone. Right? Don't we all get that? Leave it alone. Unless it, unless it comes to your door and affects you and your family, leave it alone. Right? Where we've seen this um, most strikingly comes out with the Supreme Court decision on um, affirmative action in the colleges. Now you're seeing commentators on the left, on the major news networks, coming out and complaining about the Asian Americans as though they have betrayed the civil rights movement. Uh, the, the people, I, I could find a quote or two here. Was is, is actually, it's actually really disgusting. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to attribute it to the wrong person, but from NBC News, this woman comes out and she says, uh, "Well, someday when your children are going to need the help of the civil rights movement, you'll realize you stabbed them in the back." How did they stab him in the back? How did anybody? It's this is this is an example of pitting one group against another, uh, and as opposed to saying, "Hey, listen, let's all work really hard and." the best move ahead, right? Don't you want the best surgeon in the room? I don't care who the doctor is. I don't care the race of the doctor. I don't care the religion of the doctor. If it's the best doctor, that's the doctor I want cutting me open. Don't you? Right? I don't care who the doctor is. If they're the best doctor, doesn't matter to me. But we see that as a distinct, uh, a distinct part of this. And we pretend that it's not real. But you can go and read the work of Marx and Lenin. You can go read these modern socialist leaders, and they'll tell you exactly how you do what's being done to our country right now. It's out there for you. All right, which is the opposite side is freedom. Freedom of freedom and liberty is the hallmark or was the hallmark of the United States of America. Now we celebrate freedom and liberty in many different ways in the United States. We have festivals, we have uh, get-togethers, we have barbecues, we have conversations. But do we ever really think about freedom and our liberty? Now, I posted on social media uh, just a quick little thing not too long ago. Uh, it was just a little, a little saying that was running through my head. It was like, and it comes from an old saying, you know, uh, you don't realize how much you miss something until it's gone. Right? Remember that saying? You don't realize how much you really cared about something until it's gone. You don't have it anymore. And then you say, wow, that's bad. And I said, freedom's a lot like that. And, and that's my point is that, again, you know, the frogs sitting in the bucket of water as you turn the heat up, they don't, they don't hop out of the bucket. It starts to warm up. It feels good. It's gay. This is great. And then it gets too hot and then it's too late. And that's my point. Freedom, freedom and liberty is a commodity that we can lose. Uh, the great Ronald Reagan would say that all the time. We are one generation away from losing our freedom. And he's absolutely right. More than he's ever been. Uh, we see this. So freedom 
and liberty allows us to be who we are meant to be, who God meant us to be. Right? You can become anything and do anything in an environment of freedom and liberty. Now, freedom and liberty doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want to do. It doesn't because some people could interpret freedom and liberty means I can go next door and uh, sexually assault my neighbor because I want to. And you can't. That's not what freedom means. Freedom doesn't mean unbridled behavior. Freedom means you have the, the opportunity to be the best person you can be, to be the most educated, to be the smartest, to be the creative, most creative, uh, or do nothing. Your freedom to sit on the couch and do nothing and, and be nothing. That's, you know, that's your right as well. But we see that freedom is not respected the way it once was. We don't, we don't understand. We get so used to it here that we don't understand how easily it can be taken away and how it can all end very, very quickly for all of us. And that's what these elections are all about. To this day, you can look at everything that's going on. The high cost of food, the high cost of gasoline, the high cost of housing, the interest rates that have gone up, shut down the housing market. Uh, yes, I know there's still a big market, but not for the average person. For people that got a ton of money, you can still buy lots of houses and it's good because you don't care about 7 and 8% mortgage rates. When you have not a lot of money, that's for 2.5% to 7% means you can't buy a house. So we're seeing all of these things because of policy turnaround, and yet we're still seeing that it's about 50-50 on who we're going to elect as the next president. How It's, it's mind-boggling how anybody can see what's going on and not attribute it to the policies that are leading to this and say, well, we can't do this. This is inappropriate for our future. We have to find another way to go. And people are just so blinded by their hatred of Trump to think that, well, I would vote for Trump. I would never. I would rather live under the tyranny I live under now than to vote for Trump is absolutely shocking to me. Don't you find that shocking that people will give away their liberty because they so dislike a person? And I get the fact that you know, you don't like his personality. How many times can people say this? You don't like his personality. He says funny things. He says nasty things. It comes down to how do you want to live? How do you want your children to live, your grandchildren? Now that you're actually getting to see what it would be like, you're seeing these high interest rates. Now, we still, and I said that earlier, we still see the market is, is packed because there's less inventory. And people are trying to figure out at 2%, a $300,000 home was costing you fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars At seven percent, that, that's gonna be out of the market for most people. So what is it we're doing here? What are we doing here? And this is again it goes back to why we don't get true information. We're all biased. Everybody's is, is whacked out. So for our last couple of minutes here, some other things here are my pages of outrages that I just wanted to take a look at. You know, we talked about freedom. We talked about pitting each other against each other. We covered uh, you know the nonsense of the Biden administration and the particularly loathsome reality that this man and his son and his family will not recognize that little baby, uh, that four-year-old granddaughter that he has, his seventh granddaughter. Well, he admits it or not, I do. Um, there's some other things here that I find weird in the news, and I want to cover that and get away from this politics a little bit because it's driving me crazy. So we've all heard for a long time that, uh, you know, when you go to a hotel, you got to check for bed bugs, right? That was that was the big one. You see these big, giant bugs running around. They kind of died out. People clean them out. I still check every time I go because you never know uh, what you're going to find in there. But I saw an article, and it was 
let's see, what did it say? Unwanted uh, bedding animals and creatures in your sheets. Now, this has to have an angle to it. Uh, I know when you go to a hotel, if you had a um, an alternate light source, which is a device we use in law enforcement, you shine it on materials and walls and the alternate light source will react with organic materials, body fluids, blood, uh, those kind of things. And you would see all kinds of stuff all over the place. Now they tell you that they wash and bleach those sheets and everything all the time. And I do see the laundry. You know, I see the laundry in the hotel, and there's people in there, and it looks like they're washing sheets. And, but I, I stay at a nicer hotel. I can imagine at the lesser hotels, they're not that nice. But that's not my point. My point is you're talking about your house, the stuff in your pillows and your, and your bedding on your sheets. If you don't change them regularly, see, there's always a caveat to the story. Um, if you don't change your bedding regularly, there could be all kinds of microorganisms, and they're talking about bacteria and things that are on your pillows. Could make you sick, keep you sick, whatever. Now, I don't know who doesn't change their, their sheets and stuff regularly other than um, college young men who go to college. And, you know, w w my boys, you go to college, every time we visited them, we burned their sheets and gave them new ones because we couldn't expect them to take them off and go wash them. Uh, but other than that, like Miss Kathy here, she's she's washing these things constantly. She washes them every other day, it seems like. Uh, we're, we're always go to the bed and there's no sheets there because she's keeping them clean. So I don't think there's a lot of, uh, of bacteria and bugs in, in my stuff. But this story has to have a reason. They had to have to put this out for a reason, that there's this potential unwanted bacteria in your stuff. On a, on a popular day of news, they came up with this story. So be careful. Watch, the, Just pay attention to what you're going to see in the news about bacteria in your sheets. Maybe you need to take a sheet bacteria shot pretty soon, right? And the government will mandate that you have to have a shot before you go to bed. The next thing I saw, now these, these, are, these are real things in the world. We don't always think about them, but I guess in places where there are alligators... Right? Think about, you know, think Florida. You don't always think the Carolinas. You don't always think Louisiana. You know, you don't think of those kind of places, but all of them have alligators. You just don't hear about alligator attacks. Here's this, I think she was a 69-year-old woman walking through um, a very famous part of Florida. I don't want to berate Florida. It's, it's all a good place, but this alligator jumps up and kills this 69-year-old woman. Now, we hear about little dogs being dragged once in a while and eaten and we saw unfortunately terrible uh the the little boy at disneyland in disneyland of all places was attacked by an alligator and killed but it does happen and you don't think about it you know one thing living in the northeast you don't worry about spiders that'll kill you there's this one there's one spider around here that can make you real sick and kill you uh there's black widows but you know you never really see them but other than that there's nothing that'll kill you there's not snakes that are going to come out and kill you like in florida every time you turn around there's a bug or, or something down south where things will kill you and alligators are are one of them what we are prone to up here in the northeast is we can have uh, by the water is that you can have shark attacks now the shark attacks have been going up and up and up. At least it seems like that. I've lived here my whole life next to the shore, and you never heard about a shark attack. You always worried about it, uh, but you never actually saw sharks attacking you. But here's something else that we never saw for the years and years that I lived here. It was so rare you would ever see a dolphin swimming along the Jersey Shore, and you never, ever saw whales. Now, maybe if you were out in the ocean fishing, you might see that, but never from the coast, from the boardwalk. Would you see uh, dolphins and, uh, and whales? Now, it is a regular occurrence. You see it all the time. And if you've been listening to the news, you see all these uh, sea animals, all these whales 
and dolphins washing up along the East Coast and in New Jersey a lot. Uh, and they don't know why. They think it's the wind turbines or it could be some, some other thing killing them. But we're seeing them more and more and more than we ever did. And I think there's probably a correlation. Recently, recently, there were four shark attacks within three days off the waters of southern Long Island. Now, four is crazy. I mean, that's like you hear about four on the East Coast, maybe in a couple of years. Here was four in a couple of days. Now, they're sand sharks, so they're not the great big giant ones that you're worried about that are going to eat you alive. But they are big sharks, and they can get you. Uh, they can cut you pretty bad. And apparently four people uh, were there, and one in South Jersey, I think they said. Right? So they, these got wild animals running around. Wild animals running around out there, and I just think that was strange, and I wanted to mention it. Um, the other thing that kind of came and went uh, was the submersible. Now, I know a lot of people talked about it. They went on and on about the submersible that imploded. Uh, unfortunately, took the lives of five people, uh, father and son team, and then a couple other people. And it, it seems the more and more they look into this, what seemed like maybe a safe thing to do, that this was a well-made thing. It turned out maybe maybe not. I mean, you're going down two miles underwater. You know the pressure of that, how much more that water weighs? And for people who don't understand why there's so much pressure, the pressure is the weight of the water, right? You got two miles worth of water, and water is what, eight pounds a gallon? And you got billions of gallons of water above your head, and that's what creates all that pressure. And all it takes is a tiny little crack either in the uh, carbon fiber, in the, uh, the glass dome or whatever they're using uh, for the viewing port, a loose bolt, anything. And for what I'm finding out is that the carbon fiber, uh, every time it goes down, it pressurizes and it comes back up, it could, it could get weaker. And then all you need is a tiny little crack. And this thing imploded. And according to the experts, everyone in there uh, was killed instantly. It's not like they saw it coming. It, it, you could, you wouldn't see like a rivulet of water uh, coming in and go, uh-oh, I think we have a leak. You wouldn't see that. Um, the minute this thing got weak enough beyond the pressure that it could withstand, it would have imploded instantaneously and they, they wouldn't have seen it coming. Luckily, they were able to recover it, or most of it, and they'll bring it up. And uh, they found some human remains in there, which for the families, I guess this would be a comforting thing, at least to get some of your family member imagine if that happened and your family member at the bottom of the ocean and you can never get them but you know they're there that would be difficult uh i know that's what happened uh, with all the people in titanic and that's another weird thing isn't it these people were going down to see the titanic and the thing explodes there or implodes there and they said it was about 400 yards off the bow of the Titanic. So here's all these people in this one spot in the ocean that we know of where people's lives were taken and now there's five more. Now I'm sure they didn't get all of the people or all of the parts because the implosion is, is pretty terrible. I hope they got everybody. Uh, that would be some closure for the families. But what a, what a strange thing to have this thing implode uh, and now you're saying would you go down there? I would think the spirit of adventure would be awesome. If you, if I could actually go and see the Titanic, like a foot away from me, and actually see the boat, I would love to do that. I'm a little concerned now. Um, apparently, this was deeper than, than most of our submarines can go, or military submarines. I'm sure there's some capabilities we don't know about. But two miles down is pretty far. That's, uh, you know, 10,000-something feet of water. And I wanted to mention that because it's it was a big deal for a while, and it's kind of fading out. But that's a weird thing in the news, like four shark attacks or an alligator eating somebody. All right? And here's another one. 
and we're going to cover this real quick. Apparently, just recently, they found a dangerous substance in the White House. Now, let's see if we can connect dots here. A dangerous, powdery substance in the White House. And you say, oh, okay. Um, we know there was some psychos out there for a while that were mailing in white powder to scare everybody. And then there was people that were mailing in, uh, you know, actual dangerous stuff. And I'm saying, oh, maybe somebody mailed in fentanyl. A bag of fentanyl. They sprinkled it on an envelope to get overdose somebody, right? Because there, there's sickos out there that would do that. And now the report is that it was cocaine. And you say, oh, what? Let's connect the dots. What here between cocaine and the White House? How do we connect that? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of theories. Obviously, the first one everybody jumps at is, well, who's staying in the White House recently uh, that's in and out constantly, maybe sleeping there uh, all the time, that has a relationship with cocaine? And this would be, of course, Hunter Biden. You know, this guy has a, uh, a history of crack addiction and cocaine addiction. Uh, so maybe him coming and going, he dropped the bag out of his pocket. All right. The guy left a laptop filled with all kinds of state secrets on it. What makes it think he couldn't drop a bag of cocaine somewhere? But uh, another theory is this. Cocaine is still considered a recreational drug, powder cocaine, not crack cocaine, but powder cocaine is still considered a recreational drug. There's lots of young people working in the White House. Drugs are now readily accepted in many places, even if they're not legalized, like cocaine and heroin are not legalized, except in, I think, Portland. Other than that, it could have been anybody in that White House who dropped a little bag of their recreational cocaine. So my friends, w without further ado, I want to say uh, uh, I'm glad we're together today. I hope you have a, a great season ahead of you, whatever season that would be. It's nice to talk to you, and we will be back before you know it. So this is Lieutenant Joe saying, hey, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. <laughs>